Well, good day and welcome back to the fellow cast. Uh, you've guessed it right. It's another Bring Your Own Bible episode. And uh, yeah, we, we heading, we're heading into our 100th episode pretty soon. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Bring Your Own Bible episode. Maybe we can do something special for the 100th episode, Garth. How's that? <laughs> I don't know party what chat. Yeah, maybe we can do yeah. a little party, a party session for, for the 100th episode. But let's get back to where we are right now. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We are still in the book of Numbers. And last last week, you uh, gave us, you, you jumped around quite a bit. Just give us a, a, a eagle's eye view of the book and what it's about, referring to some of that genealogies or that specific genealogy that we discussed in episode 58, if I yes, remember yes, correctly. Yes. And so today, you are going to focus in, hone in on one of those uh, themes that you said we see around the this whole book is where um, the murmuring starts yes. and the rebellion starts. So Absolutely. I'll hand it over to you there. Yeah, and just again, it's it's not their story. It's our story. Eh? Mm. It really is um, just so much part of what we can step into. Murmuring yeah. is just part of culture and rebellion is, you know. Mm. Um, I bought my, my youngest boy a BMX bike yesterday and... Um, the, it's an avalanche dv8 dv8 yeah and um then it's sort of like a, a dictionary description you know on the on the bicycle frame and one of the description is never to conform to anything okay <laughs> <laughs> you know and that's the culture that's yeah. it's sort of like a coolness to that rebellion to be a re rebel yeah yeah that's true uh, even yeah. even in some of the little kids clothes sorry to interrupt mm. you there's like a little rebel or yes. it's like printed all over how cute is that yeah <laughs> interesting <laughs> until it's your kid yeah <laughs> burn yeah. that shit <laughs> yeah so listen we we um we left the story off as part of the over we we left it off where they left mount sinai yes. after two years they had the third pass over there at the mountain and then they were off in a way with the tabernacle mm. then in their midst carried by those three tribes or three clans of yeah. the levites and um Oh, let's just read that that um, verses just as they started moving. It says in chapter 10, verse 35, Whenever the ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, Lord, may your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. Whenever it came to rest, he said, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. I think in those two statements, it, it's really something to go and ponder on. Mm. Um, just to say, what is he saying? Mm. There's such a beauty in that, isn't it? Yeah. He's concerned for the people, and then also the Lord must go before us. He's mm. the one that fights our enemies. Yeah. Well, then we come into chapter 11, and as you just mentioned, the theme starts kicking in. Yeah. Uh, we start seeing that these people who set free from slavery has a real problem with thanklessness, murmuring and wailing, complaining to the Lord is, mm. is just part of their character. You spoke about character on Sunday. Mm. That needs to be cleansed out. Yes. And we're going to see that the Lord is adamant about that. Mm. Now, even last week after we spoke, I walked out here and I thought, wait, I've just been convicted of some murmuring that I've done. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so it's good that yeah. we see our own hearts in that Absolutely way. Absolutely true. So it says, now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Now, did, did they have some hardships? Sure. They were living in a desert. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have homes. They were in tents. Yeah. Uh, they were no longer living next to a river like in Egypt. Mm. They um, drank from a rock. <laughs> yes. But were they blessed? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yes. They were no longer slaves. They were no longer beaten every day mm. in Egypt, mistreated. Yeah. Um, they set free and they're on a way to a promised land. So it depends on what we set our sights on, mm. isn't it? And they chose to see the hardships and complain. And the Lord was angry. Fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp until Moses then interceded and the Lord kindled the, uh, k- k- killed the fire. Sure. And we're going to see this, this repetition of Moses' role to intercede. Mm. Um, it, it's powerful. Yeah. It really is. He stands in the gap every time for this nation. Yeah. Even though they really give him a, a lot of gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. I, I'm sure at some stage you probably said, I don't feel like praying for these people today, really. They, they, probably it's good for them to get a bit of a ban on the yes. bum or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're on their way to the promised land still, and um, here they complain again. Mm. Now, we've seen in Exodus already at some stage the Lord did give them quail, but there wasn't a regular supply of it, it would seem. So again, they're moaning. Yeah. And they say, man, it would have been better if we back in Egypt we had fish, we had melons, we had leeks. We were also beaten. We also had to make our own rocks, and um, our kids were also thrown into the Nile. Yeah. But hey, at the least food our was stomachs good. were full. Yeah, isn't it incredible? Hey, mm. eh? uh, the flesh is a powerful thing. Yeah, it really is. It really is is a is a very stupid thing. Actually, it doesn't <laughs> think straight. Yeah. But they were complaining to the Lord, and um, uh, then the the Lord got angry, uh, but. Also gracious. He told the people, verse 18, consecrate yourself in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. Interesting. Moses have seen phenomenal miracles. They were just staying at a mountain where the water ran out of a rock for two years, enough for all these mm. people. Um, besides that, the 10 plagues, the fire on the mountain and everything. Yeah. But this one is too big for him. I mean, they're eating manna every single day that the Lord provides. But he says to the Lord, Lord, I'm here among 600,000 men on foot. In other words, count that by two if it's the women and double that up again kids. because it's only 20 years and younger in the census, right? Yeah. 10 years and older. Um, so it's well over oh. a million, maybe two million people. All right. And he's saying, Lord, where will you get enough meat for all these people? The Lord's reply, Moses. Is my arm too short to mm. save? Yeah. <laughs> Have faith, brother. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that the Lord is not angry at him. He just realizes, wow, okay, this is stretching Moses. Yeah. <laughs> all right. He's seen a lot. Yeah. Walked through the Red Sea, all of those kind of things. But um, this he's, he can't grasp. He cannot compute it. Mm. And isn't it incredible? It's exactly with us as well. Yeah. Faith is an everyday thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't blame him because it is really just you saying two million people. Imagine, oh, and you know the the quail. God just sends these birds. <laughs> imagine <laughs> two. Imagine if it was one bird per person, because a quail is it's a small, small little yeah. bird. What that would have looked like? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, Crazy. it's it really, really is mind blowing. Yeah. Um, and then interesting. It's sort of squeezed in there in the middle, but suddenly it just said, "So Moses went." And he told the people what the Lord have said. And then he got together 70 of the elders to stand around the tent of meeting. And the Holy Spirit was poured on them. And they prophesied. I mean, around about verse 25 now. Mm. So this is where those leaders were filled with the Spirit to help carry the weight 
um, that Moses had to carry. And this is just God's grace. Mm. Because apart from his spirit coming on them, equipping them for what they need to do, they cannot do the job. So it's not like he could just appoint people. This needs to be God's doing to say, I will equip them to help you carry the weight mm. that you need to carry. Mm. And then it's this funny bit about two of these guys were not actually at the tent of meeting. They somehow missed the meeting. I think they were uh, maybe on African time. <laughs> <laughs> They're from the Ethiopian side. <laughs> of the family. Yes. Yeah. And um, they were out somewhere in the camp. And all of these guys started prophesying. And funny enough, it says they prophesied at that moment, but mm. not again. So they were not anointed as prophets. They prophesied as a sign of being filled for the spirit, with the spirit, with the ability to lead and judge. Mm. Um, but these two guys out in the camp also started prophesying. And somebody came and said, Moses, Moses, <laughs> these guys prophesying in the camp. Must I quiet them? And he says, hey, I wish that all the people yeah. will prophesy. <laughs> what is he saying? That all the people will hear God's voice and have the boldness to say that this is what God's saying. Yes. All right. That's God's wish. Um, it's just a beautiful moment in between this whole story. Yeah. Well, then came the quail and the people ate until they got sick and many of them died. So even that, the craving that they had and the inability to control themselves, just lack of self-control leads to death. Sure. There's a judgment on them. Just before we then come to the promised land in verse, uh, in chapter 13, there's verse 12. And we're going to hang around here for a moment because it's a real warning for us. Um, it's interesting there's rebellion among the people, there's murmuring among the people. But this one is very close at home. Mm. It would seem out of the story, chapter 12, that something to do with Moses' wife, uh, who was a, a Moabite, gave offense to Miriam and to Aaron, his brother and his sister. Now remember who Miriam and Aaron are, apart from being his brother and sister, mm. right? Um, Aaron is the high priest. He's the only guy. Not even Moses can go into the Holy of Holies, right? Um, Moses doesn't even, if I understand it right, minister in the tent of meeting, all right? Because it's Aaron and his sons. Yeah. So he's got a really, really special role to play. He's also He was also the spokesperson for Moses in front of Pharaoh. It was through his staff that the first miracles were performed. Mm. Um, he's been there all along with Moses. And he's now got this special uniform on with his gems on his chest. I mean, it's, it's precious stuff. Yeah. All right. Even one of those things would be fit for a queen. His chest has 12 precious stones on it, everything mm. with a different color that represents every tribe of the nation before the Lord in the Lord's glorious presence. Mm. So this guy is a guy of rank. Yeah. All right. He's seen to be something very different. He's got this funny hat do on, I mean, bells on his, on his clothes. Yeah. yeah. He stands out in the crowd. His sister, Miriam, we don't know how much of a prophetess she was apart from that singing before the, the people earlier, but we know that she's called a prophetess. Okay. And suddenly the two of them take offense in Moses' wife. <laughs> and then they start saying, hey, uh, verse 2, chapter 12, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? They asked. Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now, Valdo, how do you see this conversation play off? Where are they chatting? Not in front of Moses. Yeah. 
probably not in front of anybody else. Yeah, behind either. their back, yeah. It's just the two of them. Yeah. It's like me and you sitting over here, mm. except they're not recorded. Yeah. But the <laughs> Lord hears them. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just a, a behind the scenes chatting. Yes. We're just chatting, uh, you know. And isn't it true? Hey, has mm. the Lord not spoken through us also? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, you're right, Miriam. Hey? Yeah. Yeah, Aaron, say it. And their hearts were just dirty towards their brother. Mm. And the Lord heard it. And it says, immediately the Lord said to all three of them. In other words, all three of them hear the Lord's voice. All three of them. Guys, come to the tent of meeting. Wow. I'm about to meet with you. Then the cloud of the Lord came thick down upon all of them. They're standing in the glory cloud of God. And God says to them, why weren't you afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Yeah. Hey? Sure. Isn't it interesting? Moses is not defending himself. In fact, it doesn't even seem that Moses knew about it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he wasn't in on that conversation. Yeah. God knew about it. And God's the one that comes and speaks up for Moses. Says, sure. hey, what are you doing? This is my anointed one. Mm. Who are you to speak against him? Hey? And then it's beautiful. We just get this description from God. Uh, verse 6, he really elaborates on his relationship with Moses. He says, when there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Is Moses anything special just physically as a person? Does he have superpowers or anything? No, the, the, the distinction here is this guy is in a close relationship mm. with me. Mm. That's what makes him special. That's why you should be careful what you say against him. Mm. Isn't it beautiful? It, it actually says just before uh, that, that part in verse 3, after the, the like little discussion, it says, Moses was a very humble man, more so than any man on the face of the earth. Yes. And I think that's also a key to relationship Absolutely. with God. He's not trying to make himself anything. He yeah. just loves God. He cannot get enough of God. Yeah, wow. Um, and God says, therefore, you better watch what you say about him. He's special to mm. me. He seeks me. I love him. Sure. Isn't it incredible? And then it says, the anger of the Lord burned against them. And then this really heart-wrenching words, verse 9, and he left them. He said what he wanted to say, and the glory of the Lord just left them. Imagine that moment of just hanging in the air. Mm. What have I done? What now? Yeah. yeah. And as they looked to their side, there stood Miriam, white, with leprosy. Sure. All over. White with leprosy. Imagine the fright. These two brothers, it's their sister standing there right with them. Mm. And a moment ago, there was nothing wrong with her. And suddenly, it's like a death sentence written over her. Sure. And immediately, it's beautiful. Aaron turns to Moses and says to him, please, what is your translation? Says, please don't hold against us this sin we have so foolishly committed. My NIV says, please, my Lord. Yes, my Lord. It, it, it please, starts off. Please, my Lord. That's a very different yeah. attitude than just a moment before. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, it's respect. Mm. He was reminded by God, listen, that I chose him as a leader. Mm. He's, he's my man, my Lord. Um, and then that word, please don't hold this sin 
against us that we so foolishly committed. Mm. I'm a fool. I have sinned. It's just absolute repentance. Yeah. Praise God for Aaron's heart. That's yeah. a beautiful heart. Yeah. That's like David's heart, not like Saul's heart. Yeah. Right? A heart that immediately, I see my wrong, I am wrong. Yes. Please forgive me. So. And then Moses turns to God and starts interceding. Mm. I mean, it just came into the light. His own brother and his own sister have turned against him. They've backbutted him. And yet, just like that, he's ready to forgive. Mm. Not just forgive, but to stand in the gap. Yeah. Say, please, Lord, have mercy on her. Now listen to the words, Lord. Uh, the, the, the Lord's words, sorry. Verse 14, If her father had spat in her face, would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back. Now, the Lord is prophesying a miracle here. Mm. She's got leprosy, right? Mm. They don't have a cure for it. The Lord says, seven days from now, she'll be, she'll well. be healed. She can come back in. But... How powerful is that word? What does the Lord feel sure. about what they've done? Mm. Eh? Now, you and me, we're working in a work environment. We've got a boss over us. He's not just a boss. He's a head over a church, mm. Rob. What if the two of us sat in a conversation like the two of them, and we had in our head this voice from God saying, listen, uh, <laughs> I'm like a father who wants to spit in your face. <laughs> How hard is that? This yeah. is a loving God speaking, but that's what he thinks about that kind of when you speak against rebellion them, yeah. against the authorities that he've put in place, mm. against the men of God and the women of God that he has anointed for whatever sure. task that, he has given. That's him. a strong word. It's really hard, eh? Yeah. But it reveals the heart of God in this. Yeah. And we need to grab onto that and realize, listen, this is not a light matter. It really, uh, our Father hates it mm. when we treat our brothers and sisters with disrespect and yes. dishonor. Yeah. And then the whole nation, um, remember that they left Sinai, they're on their way to the promised land. The entire nation have to wait a week so that Miriam can come back into the camp. Because Everybody is stuck for a week. <laughs> because of a skinner back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And isn't powerful, even that word that you use there. Um, it's such a, ach man, is it a big thing? Yeah. What? According to God. Father says, listen, brother, don't. <laughs> yeah. So this is, is, it's really powerful. I really think there's something to hang on there. Um, mm. Rebellion close at home, you know. And, and I, I honestly think we can do it so easily when it is close at home. Because, you know, we're just working together and you, I'm a bit upset or jealous with you or mm. whatever. And I just drop a word here or there and break you down in a conversation. Nothing private, just in the parking lot. Yeah. God hears and he hates it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so mm. true. Yeah. Then we come to the promised land. The Lord said to Moses, send some to explore the land. And so they pick one from every tribe. This is a well, well, well known Sunday school story. One from every tribe is sent out. Among them is then Joshua yep. and Caleb. Um, do remember that even before now, Joshua has always been Moses' right-hand man. This is not the first time he's on the scene. He's already on the way here, fought a battle 
right? Mm. And remember Moses' hands up in the air in the book of Exodus yeah. and yeah, while Joshua is out on the battlefield. So he's already a, a mighty leader okay. of the nation. And he's sent out. They go and inspect the land. And um, we've all obviously picked up on this before. That, But let me just go back. Th this is a land of incredible promise. The fruits are phenomenal. That's yeah. a land flowing with milk and honey. Mm. The scriptures are, the promises about this land is absolutely true. So they come back, and that's part of the report that they give to the nation. I said, yes, this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful land. Um, verse 28, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Th those are giants, right? From Genesis chapter 6, is it? Sounds, yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Um, the Amalekites live in the Negev, and they're all over the place. They live near the sea and along Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. He could see where this thing was coming. He says, no, wait, fear is coming in. No, uh, uh, uh. He says, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Mm. He's looking at this through absolute eyes of faith. Yes. No problem. Yeah. Take them on. But then... The men who had gone up with them said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Now listen to the report degrading deeper and deeper into fear. It mm. started off well. The land is good. God's promise is true. Awesome. Yeah. It's starting to degrade now. And then they say, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, now this seems completely contrary to the beginning. The land we explored devours those living in it. Uh, what pictures come to mind when you hear that? There's dragons yeah. there, a bunch of beasts. It's filled with lions. Yeah. It's pits. I don't know. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I honestly don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's such an unclear statement, yeah. but it's just so open for fear. Yeah. Let's not go there. Um, all it, the people we saw there are great, of great size. Is it true? No. David later fought against them. We know that there were giants. Mm. Not, not all of them are giants. Yes. Right? All the people we saw there are great of size. We saw the Nephilim there for the descendants of Arachthon from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Mm. Is it true? Well, they didn't see them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just it's just such a picture of how fear works yeah it can mess with your mind it starts taking you down a path and it just skews your vision mm. it just absolutely twists your vision and a lie starts forming inside of your heart and mind but again it almost sounds like one of those stories that someone told me this is what it's like and the little tale gets added and and yes. so now the really? land the land devours its inhabitants and like you say so what is it what does it even mean what does it even look like yeah but it's just the story it seems that have been passed on now obviously this was the report but yeah. it, it just seems like that to me when yes. i read it yeah it really is uh, they're just conjuring up fear yeah. playing to it um and then that night, all the people of the community raised their voices. They wept aloud. They cried. They said, why did we come out to the desert to come and die in this desert? Uh, there's just no faith. Yeah. They've just left a mountain with God's presence burning. God is in their midst. The glory cloud is with them. But they're looking at 
giants mm. and they cannot see anything else they see defeat just a quick one just while you're speaking maybe someone else would have this question ad- as well what is the like yeah. roughly the time frame between some of these events if i could put it that way now i'm not picking out specific mm. ones but it seems like they quickly forget if you read through yes. what god had just done yeah but obviously there's there's quite some time between you know moving from the one place to the next place to scouting the land yeah so would it be fair to say that maybe they've just been living around f- far away from the last kind of miracle that they saw the big event with god if i can put it that way yeah that when they get to this point they they they're so deep down in another fearful hole that it's difficult to remember what god has done yeah. for them i don't know if, if i'm making sense but if i can come at it this way remember that god is what has he done at the mountain he gave them a rhythm of life yes. to remember him part of that rhythm is sabbath mm. once a week we rest we remember god which they never had before mm. two years ago they were slaves they worked every day part of the rhythm is you wake up the morning and god has provided the manna yeah so that's right? every week every day yeah yeah it's just it's a rhythm of seeing god but we know it in our own lives if you see the same miracle enough times and you don't train your eyes to look at it mm. for what it is, you're blind. That's true. You, you could look at the ocean and forget that it's a miracle, Yeah. that it's God. Um, you can look at the sunrise or whatever, yeah. you know. Uh, the birth of a baby can just become another thing mm. instead of what has just happened, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, there's so many of these things. But in terms of the timeline, Remember, we can literally plot out on a map. Look at where Mount Sinai is. Look at the bottom border of the Negev. Um, and that could have been crossed by a crowd of people like that, maybe in two months at the most. Okay. It didn't have to be a very long time. Yes. And from Sinai, God was purposefully moving them up. They weren't now trotting around the desert. They knew they where they were moving. going. They were yeah. going, which is why I emphasized that seven-day wait mm. for a girl that skinnert. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a powerful drawback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But let's then into chapter 14. So the people then start rebelling because of the fearful report that they heard and they said, "No, we're going to go back to Egypt. It'll be better for us." What's Moses reply with Aaron? Not shouting out or anything. The humble man of God falls flat on his face before them. The people want to stone them to death. In order to stop them, God's glory cloud comes between them and the people, and he literally blocks their view. Hmm. He saves their lives at that moment. And then God speaks to Moses, and he says to them, (laughs) now this is really frightening words. Um, He says, I want to wipe these people out, just like he did on the mountain when they built the 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 calf. He says, this is it. I'm going to start over. I'm going to build a new nation with you. What's Moses' intercession? Immediately, these people wanted to kill him. They wanted to stone him to death. Mm. Eh? For nothing that he has done, he is willing to step in the gap for them. To say, God, what are the Egyptians and all the other nations going to say so, yeah. if they realize these people are killed at the border of the land that everybody knows you were leading them towards? They're going to say you were not able to bring them in. Mm. So what is he calling on? Not they deserve to be saved, they not that bad, whatever else, because that's not true. Yeah. He said, God, for your glory. Yeah. For your glory's sake, have mercy on them. Yeah. 
as if God didn't know, which is always for me so interesting yeah. that God would allow him to to kind of speak in that personal to way. Pour out his heart. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's friendship with God, if, if, if yes. I had to p- uh, put it into words. That's like being a friend of God. Yeah. But at the same time, knowing and revering him as God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. And then just to close off, I think we're going to stop over here. Um, well, God then says, um, all right, but I'm going to fulfill the very words that I heard you say. It's verse 28. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was, not, um, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. Not one of you will, swore, uh, will enter the promised land I swore to give you. Just think of the power of that statement. What you said, that's what's going to happen. Eh? It reminds me of that. I think it's in Job. Uh, w- what I feared came upon me. Came upon me. Yeah, and yes. that's that's what you spoke to. It's that fear that started there when they saw, and then suddenly they spiraled down that deep dark hole. Yeah, yeah, and exactly the same is true for Joshua and for Cain. Mm. They came back, and their statement was, "The Lord will give us this land." What they said also came upon them. Problem, Out of yeah. that entire generation. Those two entered into the promised mm. land. Yeah. Wow. So what are we saying? <laughs> Choose your words. <laughs> yes, yes. What do I believe? Yeah. What do I utter? Um, it really determines yeah. the, the course of my life. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's really it's really sobering to just think about the whole murmuring and what am I speaking out over my own life, over mm-hmm. the lives of others. Yeah. It's a real good reminder for me today to go. Choose your words wisely because God is listening mm. and he's not pleased with idle talk or these kinds of uh, things. Um, yeah. And the power that is in our in our words and, and in what we b- even believe about God and others. Yes. So, yeah. Thank you very much. I guess that's where we, mm. we're landing it today. Yes. Where, where are we heading next next time? Is so next week, we're just going to that, say that, oh, suddenly they feel sorry and they say, oh, God, what do we do? Yeah. All right, let's go take the promised land. And Moses says, no, what are you doing? Yeah. And they get slaughtered. <laughs> and then from there, they turn out and we're going to read the story that they go back into the desert and other rebellions start rising up against Moses' leadership. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So there's a bit of rinse and repeat going to be happening. Mm. All right. Well, thanks so much again, Garth. I think it was a real great session. So much to be learned from this. And if you've been listening along, you can look forward to another jam-packed one next week. Until then, bye-bye.